Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. It's good to, to be here today to worship the Lord. We're going to have a couple of um, messages on Christmas, but I really wanted to finish uh, the message that we started last week. And so uh, if you weren't here, if you have the notes, uh, you see that point one's already filled in, and that's what we cover. Doing the right thing is always right. And that is, again, we look, we're looking at the life now of Joseph. Uh, we, what we've done for the last several weeks is go through his lineage. And we've looked at Jacob, who's now his name has been changed to Israel. And we've kind of learned lessons in life from uh, Joseph's lineage from, from Jacob and Israel uh, and, and, and coming up to now where we now see the focus in chapter 37 of Genesis turn to uh, Joseph. And what we're attempting to do, and, and again we'll take a couple weeks break from this, uh, the next couple weeks the Lord willing and, and focus on some Chris, Christmas uh, points I think that are important. Um, but we're going to learn from his life as much as possible things that we can use in our life today. And so, again, last week uh, was kind of the first point in looking at Joseph's life, and that was doing the right thing is always right. Uh, Joseph, what had happened, Joseph brought this evil report to his dad uh, concerning his older brothers. And that's the story. If you're an older brother in here, older sibling in here, you know that's probably your complaint your whole time growing up, right? Little brother, little sister telling on you, right? Amen. Amen. Uh, the, the, the problem with the, the younger siblings, right? The, the problem that the younger siblings is this. If you're a younger sibling, you know, if the older siblings would just do right, you wouldn't have to tell. Amen? Amen? So, <laughs> so uh, I'm the youngest, so just so you um, But that is what happened. Joseph brought this evil report to his dad about his older brothers because they were doing wrong. Um, also remember this, if you've been here, these older brothers have already gotten a little bit of trouble with their dad uh, because they go in and they kind of take uh, justice into their own hands. Jacob gets on to them for doing this and uh, again kind of says, you put a, a bad mark on my name and on our family uh, because of all this. Notice this also. These brothers who are not doing right, they're not from Rachel. Rachel's not their mother. Um, they're the, the beloved of Jacob, who is, who's passed on now. Rachel has passed on, but Jacob, uh, Jacob wanted Rachel. He, he, she was the one he had his eyes on from the, whole, from the onset, uh, but now she's passed away. She's given him two sons, Joseph being the first and then Benjamin being the second. Uh, the second. But these brothers who Joseph has brought this evil report against are his older brothers, but they're his half-brothers uh, from the handmaid's of uh, his, his mom and from Leah. And so uh, we've seen that Joseph is, has been favored by his dad among his brethren, uh, brethren, which is never a good scenario either, right? It's never good to show favoritism. It's never good to, to have that in our, in our lives. But he was favored among his brethren, so much so that his dad made this multicolored coat for his precious son, Joseph. And uh, we talked about all the different uh, ways that he could respond by having this great coat, by having this favor. Uh, he could respond in the flesh by boasting about it. He could have responded uh, in the flesh by not doing the right thing just so he didn't get criticism from his older brothers. 
But what we saw is regardless of what he could have done, Joseph did what was right. Regardless of what his brothers may have thought about him, regardless of how his brothers may have treated him, regardless of anything else, Joseph determined that he was going to do what was right, regardless of the outcome. What does this mean? Well, I think it tells us, and we'll see in his life as we continue to study it, that he was dedicated to righteousness. Dedicated to doing what's right in God's sight, regardless of the consequence. And again, I believe his father saw this and was rewarding him in his life. And uh, I want you to note this. I put it in your notes, and you can uh, fill it in. But uh, I think it's important before we move on to point two. Is any time that you do what's right, and you are rewarded, or you are blessed for doing what's right, then people who have right hearts or right hearts will rejoice. People who have wrong hearts will writhe. That's just the reality of the world we live in. Whenever you are, are, are doing something that, that is in the right thing and, and you get something that is a blessing from that, uh, you, you get rewarded, you get uh, whatever, a promotion, uh, you, you get an opportunity, uh, even if it's in the, in the spiritual uh, realm, in the church, and, and, and God gives you an opportunity because you're dedicated to Him and you're sold out to Him and you're serving Him and, and God opens this door for you to, to do it. Know this, that there are going to be people who have right hearts that see the blessing uh, and, and the reward in your life and they are going to say, praise God, and that is awesome. I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy for you. I'm so, that is so neat that you got this opportunity. So, so neat that this blessing, that God's blessing you this way. But on the other side, there are going to be people who their heart is not right. That they're going to look at that blessing, they're going to look at that reward, and they're going to say, why them? They're going to look at and see what's going on in your life. They're going to see the, the blessings, the reward, and they're, they're going to get upset about that. Which is kind of weird and kind of crazy to think about that, in, even in the church, right? Like that, that somebody would be upset that something good happened to somebody else. But it happens. It happens a lot, unfortunately. But I believe this right decision-making was part of Joseph's makeup. I believe it was just kind of who he was. I'm not saying he was sinless. I'm not saying that he never made a mistake. But I believe it was part of his makeup to do what was right. And again, I said we'll see that in future studies. But um, I want to pray this morning, move forward, and look at the second point, which is so essential uh, even to what I just shared in, the, in that note right there. So let's pray and we'll get this. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for what we've experienced. Lord, we even thank you for the difficulties and challenges. Uh, we know that uh, you are active. And so we also know that your enemy is active. Lord, he's, he, you're not willing that anyone should perish, but that all would come to repentance, and he wants everyone to perish, and that no one would come to repentance. And so, Lord, help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Help us to keep an eternal perspective. Help us to see with, um, with, with uh, far-sightedness, not short-sightedness. Lord, help, help us see uh, what you want us to see, hear what you want us to hear. Lord, if there's something in our lives that's distracting us right now, uh, from hearing from you, from, from your spirit working in our lives, I just ask that you would remove that. Lord, I, I know that there's probably a lot of things going on in people's lives. There's a lot of things that people are thinking about maybe after service today. And I just pray that we would set that aside uh, until this time is over. Lord, that we could focus on you and you could do the work in us that you want to do. Um, Lord, I, I ask that if there's someone here that's lost, they're not 100% sure they're going to spend eternity in heaven. 
that before they leave today, they would get that matter straight, that they wouldn't have any questions, they wouldn't have any doubts uh, of where they're going to spend eternity because of the decision they've made. Lord, we uh, thank you again for this opportunity. Use me as a vessel. Lord, we want you to get glory from all of this uh, and want your will to be accomplished. And so we pray and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can be there in Genesis 37 if you're not there already, and uh, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, But again, we're going to see Joseph's doing right in his life, and I believe this is part of him being put in a favorable favorable position with his dad, um, and also, again, putting him in this situation with his siblings. And so verse 4 says this, when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all of his other brothers... They hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Okay. These are brothers, right? These are, these are brothers. And little brother gets favored by dad. And so what happens is because they see this in his life, again, maybe they called him goody two-shoes, Maybe they called him a Bible thumper. Maybe they called him, you know, whatever they wanted to call him. Joseph's always trying to do what's right. Just leave us alone. Mind your own business. Let us do what we want to do. It doesn't, it's not hurting dad. It's not hurting anybody else. Just get, leave us alone. Go, go play with your own sheep over there, you know, whatever. Uh, they did not like him. And, and, and as, as Jacob showed favor to him, and as he continued to choose what was right, and even bringing this evil report, or this, this negative report to his dad that his brothers weren't doing right, this kind of deepened uh, the, or, or widened the wedge that was driven between these siblings. And the Bible says that they hated him, and they couldn't speak peaceably unto him. And to, to this, I say, surprise, surprise, you know? I mean, again, we're talking about brothers talking about sibling rivalry or sibling jealousy. The reason why I say that is because we have seen this since the beginning of mankind, right? I mean, not from the very beginning, but pretty much from the beginning, right? What was the, who were the first siblings? Cain and Abel. How'd that turn out? Right? I mean, think about this. The very first, I mean, it kind of gives us an example. You get into the, 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 the book of Genesis, you kind of read kind of our, our history, how mankind came along, and right off the bat, you start saying, oh, that's going to be a problem. The man blames the woman. The, you know, you start going, you know, like, here are these things that you, you have in life that's still re, uh, reality for us today. And again, one of those is these sibling rivalries. Most siblings have some type of sibling rivalry or sibling jealousy again because we're all sons of adam and eve if you don't know what happened there is that what are you talking about adam and eve and who's talking about cain and abel uh adam eve first first man adam first woman taken out of uh man eve they had two sons cain and abel um they were asked to bring offerings to god and the bible says that abel's sacrifice was acceptable to god and Cain's sacrifice was rejected by God. Well, this caused some jealousy. This caused that sibling rivalry, and it caused Cain to get very angry until one day he found an opportunity to murder his brother because of this jealousy, because of this, this had stirred up inside of him. And so, again, this is the history of mankind, the very first set of, 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 uh, of brothers or sisters, siblings, 
But this has been throughout all of our history. You can go through and you can just Google it. Just Google sibling rivalries and you'll see a ton of examples come up. Uh, again, from, from, from Cain and Abel uh, to, to some of you know a little bit of, of history in both in the church and in, in England. And some of you know are familiar maybe with the, the Boleyn sisters. You have Anne and Mary and, and you have King Henry. And so there, there's, there's a little bit of story there for you to, to read and, and, and find the, the rivalry there. Even up to the, the, the Koch brothers today, which are, are billionaires, uh, you, you find uh, the, the, that's an interesting story. Uh, the, this, this family that was from Kansas, and their dad was very industrious, became involved in the, in the oil business, and they became millionaires very quick er, early on. Um, but his, his dad, kind of similar, had, had a, a favorite, and there was kind of a wild one, and there were some younger ones, and the very youngest one was, had problems. And it, it just became an interesting situation until even up to, to more recent history, um, they, they split. You know, and they, they're kind of doing their own thing. Uh, but that's just the reality uh, of our history. Our history has been riddled with example after example of sibling rivalries. And here's the sad part. It's in biological families, which all of us probably have experienced at one point in time. If you've got brothers or sisters and you've said, and you said, man, I've never experienced a sibling rivalry, then count your many blessings. But for the most part, every, even, even if it's from, the, from, from a young age, you know, uh, I want that toy. Why do they get to do this? Why can't I do this? Again, we all experience it in biological families. But the sad part is this. Again, it happens in spiritual family. Rivalry happens in the spiritual family of God. And so what we see in point number two this morning that I think is so important for us to remember, not only is doing the right thing always right, but as with Cain and Abel, with Joseph and his brothers, and with us today, we have to see and we have to remember that doing the spiteful or doing the jealous or doing the embittered thing is always wrong. So doing what's spiteful, doing what is motivated by jealousy or doing anything from a bitter, bitter place is always wrong. It's always wrong. Again, this is still a choice today. This is still something that we can choose to do. Whether you're talking about a biological family or whether you're talking about your, uh, with your spouse or, or, or with your kids or whatever, uh, or especially as we're seeing today in our spiritual family. This has to be applied in every aspect of our life. We have to remember this in everything that we do. We've talked about the family recently on, on Wednesday nights and we Talked about the kids' responsibility to the parents and the parents' responsibility to the kids. We talked about the wife's responsibility to the husband and the husband's responsibility to the wife. And we talked about how all the things that we do as far as our relationship with each other as the children of God should be governed by Christian principles. And as I, I've said many times, it has to apply in the home first before it should be applied anywhere else or it's hypocrisy, right? If we can come to church and we can in honor prefer one another look you i'm gonna no 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 you go ahead no it's, it's it's all about you but then when we get home it's all about why aren't you i want this and i want that and why aren't you doing this it's about us we're not esteeming others better than ourselves and that's that's a little bit of hypocrisy so this too is something that we need to apply in the home first doing the the spiteful thing doing the jealous thing 
is always wrong. It's never right. I remember, and just a, a little bit of honesty and openness, I remember when uh, Rochelle and I uh, were first married and, and there were some difficult times and uh, there would be a little bit of that uh, struggle in certain areas of why, why, why are you not struggling with this? Why, and, and, and it would cause a, a little bit of uh, struggle there. Sometimes we, uh, we go through things in our, in our lives and even with our families and, and we don't understand uh, why, why aren't they dealing? Why, why am I the only one that has to, to struggle with this? Or why am I struggling with this? And again, it can happen inside of, of marriage. It can happen with kids. It can happen with, with uh, all, all kinds of situations. It happen with coworkers, right? You look at your coworker, and they're not doing everything that you're doing. Or you're, you're always called on the carpet, and, and they're never in your, your eyes, or never what you see uh, being held accountable for anything. So this morning, I think it's important for us to remember this reality with all of this. It's God that gives according to his will, according to his pleasure. God, God blesses, he, he gives. The Bible says that he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. There are, are certain people that, that have certain uh, amount of temporal things. There are some people that have a, 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 a lesser amount of temporal things. There are people that have a, a greater responsibility in the spiritual realm. There are people who have less responsibility in the spiritual realm. It's all over the place. But we have to remember that's a reality that God gives according to his plan. And here's what happens, though. We, we place ourselves at the center of our universe we place ourselves at the center of our world, and everything in our life needs to work out according to what we think is right. We, we want it to go according to how we want it to go, many times, in disregard for how what we're going through might fit into what God's plan actually is. We look at our life and we say, why are we dealing with this? Why am I dealing? Why do we have to deal with this? Why does this happen to us? I look at this family, I look at that, and they don't deal with stuff like that. We've got to stop putting ourselves at the center of our universe and put the Lord there. We've got to say, listen, God has a, an eternal plan because he's an eternal God. And we are living in this temporal world right now that somehow fits into his eternal plan. So for a few short years, we're on this earth, and it fits into his eternal plan. We don't see that. We don't get the, the, the pleasure right now or the benefit right now to see how even our struggles and our trials and our afflictions fit into that perfect eternal plan. All we see is what we're going through right now. And we want it all to be good, and it never to be wrong, and all of it to be comfortable, and all of it to be great. That's how we want our lives. I've preached that before. We want this life that's full of, of amazing things and never have any negative things. But if you look back on your life, that's not how some of the great things have come to fruition. That's not how some of the, the greatest things you have right now have come to the place that they are right now. Think about it. Think, think about your marriage. If you've got a great marriage today, you can look back and say, man, it's through the storms we've weathered. It's through the, the, the difficult times that we've come through that it drew us closer together, that caused us to pray more together, that, that, that we've walked through. It's uh, even, even in the physical side of things. I mean, you and I wouldn't be as tall as we are and, and the people that we are if we didn't actually go through physical growing pains. 
And so the spiritual world as well, everything worthwhile is like that. And so we look at our lives sometimes and we're in that moment and we say, I don't like this. I don't want this. It's difficult. It's bad. It's hard. Why aren't they dealing with this? Why don't they deal with that? Why do I have to deal with that instead of saying, I don't understand it and I don't like it, but God, I trust you. For some reason, somehow, this affliction fits into your plan. I know that you, maybe it's, well, it's, it's, it's bad, it's sinful. Listen, again, God has a plan with, to use both the righteous and the unrighteous. He used Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh was as unrighteous as you could get, but he used an unrighteous Pharaoh to accomplish his plan. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 says this, But all these work at that one and, and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Talking about the church, talking about the gifts that God gives to each of us as members in the, in the church, and this is what he does. He says, you know what, I'm going I'm to give to you these gifts according to his will. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, But unto every one of us is given grace. Listen to these, this statement right here. According... To the measure of the gift of Christ. God gives us grace according to the measure of the grace, a measure of the gift of Christ. Another way to say that is grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So when we look in the church, we look at what God, uh, uh, again, gives us responsibilities for and, and, and affords to us. Sometimes we say, well, I could teach that Sunday school class way better, or I could lead that ministry way better. But sometimes God gives somebody else a responsibility. He, he, he gives uh, abilities to other people in, in certain ways for a certain reason. It may not make sense to us. But again, it's according to his gift. In your notes there, we have to also remember this. Just because grace or blessings are seen or known in someone's life doesn't nullify or doesn't discount the grace and the blessings in yours. Just because when you look at somebody's life and you say, man, it just seems like everything is good and right in their life. I mean, look at them. They, they have a nice home. They, they drive a nice car. They... They, it seems like they get, they get a great job. Their kids are great. They don't deal with any problems. Listen, just because you are seeing some blessings or seeing grace in somebody else's life doesn't mean that you don't have any in yours. And so what happens is you begin to focus on what other people have and what other people are experiencing, and you don't really zero in on the great blessing and grace that God has given to you, and we miss out from day to day. We miss it sometimes through the struggle, through the circumstance, and man, what is the deal? It seems like we can't get ahead. It seems like everything's a problem. It seems like every day we face something difficult. Fix your eyes on the cross. Fix your eyes on the Lord. Think about, ponder, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Man, just because people are having blessings and, and grace in their life, it doesn't discount what God has done and what he's doing in your life. Listen, if you're a child of God, you could think about one thing every single day for the rest of your life, and nothing else in this world could compare to it. And that's this, that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. There's nothing in this world that could touch that. There's nothing that compares to that, that God loved you. 
that God loved you so much that he paid the greatest price, the only price that, was, that could be paid for your salvation. And you accepted it, you received it, and you have it now forever. Nothing compares to that. So no matter how bad things get, no matter how many great blessings you see that people have, you have the greatest gift that any person could ever have. That's eternal life given through Jesus Christ our Lord. Just because you see those blessings, that doesn't mean that your blessings aren't there and aren't important. And we know that God gives what he gives, he entrusts. He gives it freely, but it's also to be stewarded. It's an entrustment. He says here, I'm going to bless you with this. There are people in this world uh, that have been given much as far as possessions go. There are people in this world that have been given much as far as spiritual responsibilities go. But the Bible says that God, again, gives according to the measure of the gift of Christ. He gives grace. He gives responsibility. He said, man, it seems like we can never get our finances right. We can never have enough money. Maybe it's the way that you're stewarding. I, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's God's trying to teach you. Maybe God's trying to use you. Maybe if, if you had more, you would serve differently. You would serve him differently. I don't know. I'm not God. I have no idea. Maybe it's just the reality of the world that you live in and the area you live. I mean, it's just we live in this temporal world. It's not about temporal things. I mean, ultimately, I don't know why. <clears throat> Again, sometimes somebody's teaching this Sunday school class and they say, man, they, they stutter and, and, and it seems like they can't get anything together and why are they even teaching? And God's opened that door and he has them there. Sometimes he uses the base things. Sometimes God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. He uses the base things to accomplish his will so that all of the glory would be to God. I talked to Brother Jeffrey before, and, um, you know, we, we were talking about, uh, and, and maybe Brother Mike was, maybe it was the, the elders, um, but we were talking about um, how we don't, like, feel worthy uh, to, to do what God has entrusted us to do, and, and, and talking about the responsibilities. I can't remember exactly how the conversation went, uh, but I, I said something like this. You know what keeps me humble is that verse right there. If I ever think Go, if I ever, you know, am tempted to go down this road to think that, oh, look, uh-uh, oh, no, no. God uses the base things. If anything goes good, if God does a work, if people are getting saved, if people are being baptized, if people are joining the church, if, if people's relationships are being restored, if, if good things are happening and God's doing it, it's because God's doing it. I mean, he uses people, but who does he use? The base things. So you think, oh, okay, I'm nothing. You know, so that just encourages you. Um, and so anytime that you think you can get ahead of yourself, just remember, you just kind of leave God out if you do that. Um, but we know that God gives us to steward. In Luke chapter 12, it says in verse 48, but he that knew not and did not commit things worthy of strife shall be beaten with few stripes. And then here it is. For unto whom soever much is giving, given of him shall much be required. And whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. Again, in Romans chapter 12, we've seen before, it says this in verse 9, Let love be without dissimulation, or be without hypocrisy. And then it says this, Abhor, or utterly detest that which is evil, and cling to that which is good. Listen to what he says, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, and honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality, 
This is, this is Christian responsibilities given to these believers. Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Listen to verse 15. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. It goes on and it says don't, don't repay somebody evil for evil, but repay them uh, good and, and pray for them and, 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 and let God take vengeance. And it goes on and says, you know, let God ha have that in, in, in his role as God. We look in Hebrews chapter 13, another scripture, set of scriptures uh, written to Christians that were, you know, basically talking about their responsibilities. In chapter 13, it says, let your conversation or let your conduct, let your way of life be without covetousness. Let the way you live, don't let covetousness be in it. There's covetousness. It's desiring, longing for, pursuing after that which you don't have that somebody else does. Or you don't own. And then it says this, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In our um, Bible study uh, Tuesday night, last Tuesday night, uh, for our men, it focused on seeking first the kingdom of God. Not our kingdom or the world's kingdom. Essentially making God and his program first in our priorities, first in our passions, and first in in all of our decisions. And so why are you bringing that up? Because it continued to focus on the fact that nothing that we do or that we're motivated by is brought to reality until it's passed by the light of God's program in his kingdom. Why is that important? Because when we operate like that, when we say, you know what, I'm not going to make this decision, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to go that way, I'm, you know, again, first in our priorities, first in our passions, first in our decisions, nothing I do, nothing I feel, nothing is going to be accomplished until it passes by the light of what God's program is, God's kingdom. What does God want? That's, that's how I'm going to make this decision, that's how I'm going to feel, that's how I'm going to respond, is according to what God's kingdom is and his righteousness. Why is that important? Again, when we do this, we put God and his kingdom first above all. And what that does for us is enables us to enter into a provision from Almighty God. When we put those things first, seeking God's kingdom first, seeking his righteousness first, then we enter into all of the provision of Almighty God. God is God. There's no one that can compare, not your employer, not anybody or anything in this world can compare to what God can provide in your life. And so when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then we enter into all of, of the provision that God gives us in this world. What does that mean? That talks about temporally and spiritually speaking, everything that God can provide. So that means that we can even enter into afflictions that we face in this life. Difficulty, trials in this life, the difficult times that we go through knowing that these afflictions, these trials, these problems are a part of a miraculous plan, this eternal plan that God is accomplishing in and through our lives. And God's got it. He, he's going to give us what we need uh, spiritually. He's going to guide us. He's going to provide for us even uh, temporally. Again, everything that we need to accomplish his will and his plan. 
When we do that, when we make God first and his kingdom first, when we rest in knowing that he will give, that he will provide, when we get to that place, that's when we don't become affected by what other people have and we don't. When we're satisfied in the Lord. We're satisfied with what God can give, then we can properly rejoice in not only the blessings and not only the trials, not only the afflictions, not only things like that, but we can also properly rejoice in others' blessings. And that's the key. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with that, you're going through a difficult time and you look at somebody else's life, maybe they're in the church, and you start feeling a little envious, you start feeling a little jealous, you start feeling a little bitter because why are we dealing with this? Why do we have to do this? Why, why, can't, why can't that be us? Listen, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then he provides everything. Everything, again, is in this life, spiritually and temporally, that we need for the accomplishing of his will. That's the key. It's not... Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm faithful to church, and I'm, I'm serving, and I'm giving, and I'm, and I'm sharing the gospel, and I'm praying, and I'm reading my Bible. I'm putting all these things of God first. I believe, first of all, if all that's done with the right and sincere heart, you won't get to this place, first of all. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm doing all these things like a check mark, like a checkbox. I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm going to church, I'm doing this, I'm doing all the right things, and still I've got these problems. I think that's when we miss the, the whole point of it all. God wants us to pursue him. He wants us to seek first him in his kingdom, and his righteousness, and be in this constant pursuit of him, because when we are, we are attending church and, and worshiping with the saints and, and reading our Bibles and praying and sharing the gospel, and we're doing all of this in pursuit of him and his kingdom and his righteousness, we're doing all of it for that alone, then we can walk through afflictions, and we can walk through trials, and we can walk even through the valley of the shadow of death, and we can fear no evil. Because we know he's got it. And he does provide for us. His rod even, if it's correction needed, his staff, they, they comfort me. He has everything we need when we're seeking his kingdom first. And again, when we get to that place, we can even be at a very low place. We can be at a very difficult place. I've lost my job. We're going through a difficult time with the kids. Our health is struggling. We've got all these things. And then all of a sudden, somebody else's kid gets rewarded at school. And, 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 and they, at the, in the same week, they get promoted and, and they buy a new house. And, and they got all these things. And, and it's amazing. We look at their life. When we're seeking first the kingdom of God and putting him and his righteousness first, we can be in that very, very low place and see that brother or sister experience the blessings, experience that favor of God. And we can say, praise God. Man, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you guys. That's such a blessing that you get to experience that. But when we're not, when we're not seeking first his kingdom, then we're not experiencing that provision. We're not experiencing that help. We're not experiencing the things that only God can give. And so when that happens, we say, why not me? Well, how come, how come they were trying all this stuff and just falling out? It's when we turn to our, ourselves or turn to our selfishness that our blessings shrink and others swell.
When we turn to ourselves and, and stop turning to, to the Lord and His righteousness and His kingdom, and we turn to ourselves and turn to our selfishness, then, then the blessings and the things that God has given to us become very small, and everybody else's blessings become really big. But you know what's interesting? Those of you who have gone on a mission trip before to a third world country, it's just the opposite when you go. Right? If you've been there, you go to that country and you see how huge our blessings come, become. You walk into that, that village and you see those huts with no floor and you see the raw sewage and you see the unclean water and you see the unclean kids with no clothes and you see no, no food anywhere. You, you see all of this, the, these, these temporal things that, that, that they do not have and all of a sudden, no matter where you are financially, you think, oh my goodness, we are so blessed. I can't imagine living a life like that. Essentially, we are freed from the anxiety that we're going to miss out on something or be void of something when we put God and his kingdom first and his righteousness as our priority and pursuit. We're freed from it. That's what he says. You don't need to worry yourselves. You don't need to trouble yourself. Don't need to be, be anxious about that. Don't worry about the, the things that you need because God knows what you need. You just need to seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. And when we do that, we're freed from that worry. We're freed from that, that fret, that, that fear. It's all about perspective and vision. As I close this morning, I want to encourage you to set your affection, your eyes on what's right. The Bible says that if you're risen with Christ, if you've been saved, set it on things above, not on things of this earth. See the blessings as such. They're just blessings. See other people's blessings Again, remember this, especially when you're talking about in the family of God, when other people get blessed, it should be a blessing to you. Because why? Because you love them, right? This is how the world knows that we're disciples of Christ, by our love one for another. That's what Jesus said. That's how the world will know that you are my disciples, by the love you have one for another. And so how is that lived out? How is that seen when, when somebody gets something good or is blessed at their job or their kids or whatever, their health? And we get upset about it. We should be rejoicing with them. We have the same mind. We should align ourselves with that. We've got to remember that we've been given this great gift. I had a conversation at a Chick-fil-A on uh, Wednesday night <clears throat> with a couple of our members. And um, one of the great blessings that we have, I know for me, is being raised in church. And sometimes those of us who've been raised in church or maybe been in church for a really, really long time, you can lose sight of the great value of being raised like that. Of having that in your, as, as your testimony. And, and sometimes we look at other people who come to faith later in life, right? And, and, and it seems like, man, they have just fallen in love with Jesus because they've lived this life of sin and they've messed up and they've made all these mistakes. And they come to faith and they're just setting the, 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 the world on fire with a passion for Christ. 
and those who are who are raised in church and have been church around uh, been in church and the word of God a long time we look at them and say man how come they're so passionate and and man I wish I, I could experience that and but we have missed the great blessing it is to have been in the word and been in the fellowship and the great testimony of that our entire lives I share that because these older brothers of Joseph had lost sight of what they had as well they had the same dad they could have had the blessings but they had the wrong perspective the last thing in your notes is this don't miss out on rejoicing with them that rejoice don't miss the blessing in that and don't miss the potential blessings from that can you imagine what those brothers would have done what they would have experienced like we don't know this but what they would have experienced if if when Joseph got that favor, and when Joseph was uh, being blessed by, by their dad, that, that they said, man, that's awesome, Joseph. You're a great example. I mean, you're always striving to do what's right in God's sight. And even though we're your older brothers, you're an encouragement to us. Keep doing that. Keep, keep doing that. Can you imagine the blessings that they would have had flow to them from rejoicing with them that rejoice? Man, you know what, that's, that's absolutely right. That is very fitting that you get the coat of many colors because you've been dedicated, you've been devoted. Man, praise God. Can you imagine what they would have experienced versus what they did that we'll see and that they had to experience on the other side of that coin? They, I believe they missed out on so much because they chose to be bitter. They chose to be jealous. They chose to act in, in, in this envious way instead of rejoicing with them that rejoice. This morning, let's be more like Joseph, who does what's right because it's right, and not like his brothers, who were consumed with envy and jealousy and, and resentment. They couldn't even say to their brother, peace be with you. Let's be determined to let that be the story of our life. If you're here this morning, and you, as I said earlier, you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity. As I said a while ago, the greatest gift that's ever been given to man was that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Don't leave here this morning not 100% sure that heaven's going to be your eternal home. It's only through Jesus that you can have eternal life. And so if you've never had that, that time in your life where you have surrendered your life to Christ, and I, I want to ask you, we're going we're to pray here in just a second. And there's going to be a couple ministers down here. If you're a lady and you're like, I those are guys, I don't want to talk to guys. We've got some ladies that can, if you'll just come down here and, and somebody will take you in God's word and show you how you can 100% know that even if you were to die today, you would spend eternity in heaven forever. Just please come when we have this invitation. That way you can make sure. Uh, before you leave today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this message and this reminder. Lord, we know that uh, you've given us examples in your scripture over and over and over about so many things. And, and this morning, such an important reminder uh, that doing the jealous or the, the thing that's uh, inspired by envy or bitterness is always wrong. Lord, help us not live lives like that. Help us rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Help us be those that are setting our affection on things above, our mind on things above. Help us to seek your kingdom first and your righteousness first. 
so we can rest in knowing that you, you, you have everything that we need. Lord, just move this morning. Help us respond rightly to this. And we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name.